Yeah, I heard that. That'd be the music. That would be the music. The theme tune, like. <laughs> the theme tune to Come Taste the Band. Guess what you're listening to? Radio 4 Live. <laughs> <laughs> yes, welcome back to all our listeners. And actually, we now have, definitely have listeners because I got some feedback from the uh, the last podcast that apparently sounded a bit distant. Oh, that was that you or me? Me, apparently. Oh, okay. He does do that sometimes. Apparently. He does sound a bit distant. Apparently. We can be talking to the pub oh, about no. something and he can just be like drifting off. You sound quite clear, apparently. I was a bit distant. <laughs> I, like to, I like to hear myself. <laughs> so I've changed the seating arrangements. Later. I noticed. Yes. <laughs> my my um, feng shui is all different. Uh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Uh, coming up this podcast, we have the latest album from yes. Dallas Sack vs. Scribus Pip, Repent, Replenish, Repeat. Uh, I've had to mispronounce it again there. Uh, we have Heim. Heim. Like Time. Like Time. Days Are Gone. Uh, we have Scott getting an email on his computer. Yeah, no doubt. We have uh, Sting, The Last Ship, or When the Boat Comes In. <laughs> uh, Lizzie, back forever, back to forever. Sorry, yeah. uh, Pearl Jam. Uh, I've already forgotten what it's called. It's called uh, Lightning Bolt. Lightning Bolt. And Sleigh Bells, Bitter Rivals. So, without further ado, we should start. We start with uh, the third album or collaboration, I suppose, between Dennis Sax and Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I suppose it has. A, it's interesting in the sense that the two previous. Pip releases uh, the, the last Scribus Pip uh, Dan Sack album and the solo album mm. were both kind of our albums of the respective years yeah they were weren't our, they in, or at least from the CT, yeah. in, in a combined they, CTV mm. point of view oh yeah of course uh, so well high standards to keep up to yeah does it do so? Well, it's interesting you make that point, and we'll probably return back to it later in the year, because um, there, there's certainly a lot of competition, I think, this year for that post. Anyway, um, I, in short, yes, um, the standard's even higher this time. Um, I, was, I was going to come in here and talk about the the sort of the, the absolute wit and genius of Scrooge's Pit, but actually the, the, the feature of this album that occurred to me on the umpteenth listen is how much better the production and and electronic aside from Dan Lasak is on this album. He his sort of character really comes to the fore in this. Um so there'll be no surprise if you're a fan of Scrooby's Pit, there are no surprises on this album. He's just up the ante one more time. But like, actually I, I found this time that, that Dan Lasak was just as interesting to listen to. Interesting. Okay, I'll kick it off there. Um well what this album takes a darker turn. Oh, there are a couple. Of, well, well, actually, the last album wasn't full of uh, sweetness <laughs> no, and light. No, they're not. They're not, yeah, they're gr- they're gritty to begin with. But certainly, if 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 there's a theme running through this album, if there's two themes running through this album, it's it's um, image, i.e., that which you present to the world, and mental illness, yeah, or depression. Um, that's definitely a a, a running theme as well. Um, I mean the the, um, the and and the album itself is bookended by two tracks, um, one of which opens with the the opening refrain. Um, I kind of want you to smile, but I want that smile to be through tears. 
and that that sort of kind of uh, kind of dark place is is returned to i think in the final track you will see me which sort of takes that idea of 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 depression or loss or 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 revenge to a to a, a very a very ultimate place um Yes, which is which is very dark. Psychopathic, kind of kind of psychopathic, even almost fascistic, you know, sort of place. Um, Yeah, it's 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 kind of the 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 what I've always liked about Scrooge's Pip is his his lyrics, dark, gritty as they may be, always sort of take a negative and turn it around into positive. In that last track, he really sort of explores, well, what if what if I took this to a darker place? rather than a positive and where does that lead and it yeah it's it's a fascinating listen and it's funny in that final track is when i noticed it i suppose for the first time but then up subsequently on other parts of the album the dan the sack sort of nuances in the background mm-hmm. as well um standout tracks for me um it's on a lighter side it's got to be something like gold teeth gold teeth is quite funny yeah i'll blinks they want to look pretty yeah um, as Stunner, the opening track and the opening single, I wasn't, I kind of sat a little bit uneasily with, it fits, it suits the album better than it did as a sort of standalone release, if that makes sense. It does. Um, and obviously, um, a mention for Night Bus Sleepers as, as someone who's probably been the subject of a, of that particular <laughs> tune once yeah. or twice. <laughs> We're both in there, that was both in there, did I got the t-shirt? Yeah, exactly. What did you think? Because I've left plenty there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, and you have. I was disappointed in this album. Yeah. Um, uh, and actually, the thing I dislike most is the thing you said it improved. Really? I, I actually think that a lot of the album is spoilt by the music, quote unquote, ah, okay. background. Right. Um, and detracts from what's going on uh, by Pip. Um, so I actually find that unlike the previous two collaborations, yeah. uh, particularly uh, the last album, Logical Chance, which I didn't think had a track on it, mm. this I'm more finding the couple of tracks that I really like and the rest of it I'm kind of indifferent to. Right, okay. Um, so I think it's, for me it's a good album, not a great album, whereas I've felt the previous releases have been great yeah. albums. Yeah. Um so I'm not slagging it off, saying it's no, crap because no. it's, it's still it's still a good record. However, I think, uh, and when he's on, when Pip's on form, I think uh, it's still challenging and interesting. Um, as you say, particularly on things like "You Will See Me," which is I think it's a really really good really good track. Terminal, which is about kind of terminal mm-hmm. illness and about kind of um, going down to Greenwich. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nice. Sort of. Sort of nice. Yeah. Nice. No, um, it wasn't so tragic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's nicely unsentimental, and, and, yeah. and, that, and that, obviously, he does lots of spoken word stuff anyway, anyway yes. and, that's, and that's definitely more of a that's spoken very word close to thing, rather, than, rather than being a more, slightly more rappy yeah. version of his spoken word. So he's uh, always been spoken word, but he's kind of been out on the road a bit more with that recently as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I just kind of, it was an album that, it's quite short, so I've listened to it quite a few times, but but unlike the previous albums that have really kind of got under my skin and yeah. I want to play again and again yeah. and again, this is an album I actually find quite easy to leave. Oh, right. 
stays stumbling into silence there. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously I disagree. <laughs> of course. Um, and if anything, I always preferred the first album to the second. <laughs> and then now we have this, which I really enjoy. <laughs> There's the Scott Pete split coming through again. Um, obviously I, I, I like the beats. I like the electronica. Um, and in many ways, I feel this is, this is more of a, a collaboration. He says pumping his two hands together. Um, you know, it is very much DLS versus SP. Um, it is very much a half and half. And, and, and we've had solo albums by both. both yeah. I suppose we've been spoilt with the Scroobius Pip album. As it was one of our favourite albums of, of, of that year. Um, so to sort of have him back in the room with Dan Lasek, maybe a, I don't know, a, 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 a different, a different mix to the previous album, which of course was very sort of spoken word and rock and as well as hip hop. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've, I've really enjoyed this album very much so. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it less. <laughs> Moving on. Time is with us and Haima with us. Uh, which are our sisters, Esti, Danielle, and Alana. Uh, and obviously we first kind of encountered these at the start of the year when we were doing the BBC's Ones to Watch thing, uh, of which they were BBC's top tip, and I seem to recall at the time that on the strength of the couple of songs that we felt that seemed to be quite quite a good call. Um, and but the album seems to have taken a hellish, hellishly long time to actually surface, considering that We've had a summer that's seen, seemingly seen them play every single festival in the UK and elsewhere. Uh, it seems there hasn't been a single time I've switched on kind of festival highlights in the last during the summer, at least when there wasn't them on playing at least one song. Mm. Um, uh, so, I'm, so I'm expecting most people will have uh, heard them, even though uh, surprisingly the four singles they've released, I don't think, I think, I don't think, I think only one of them is actually charted in the top thirty so far uh, so anyway the question I suppose right. was uh, whether they could take the kind of um, promise and critic uh, loveydom <laughs> and deliver a good album or not and for me I have to say generally speaking I'd have to say yes hmm. uh, it's firmly planted in the 80s <laughs> and that's basically no it. We, we've been firmly planted in the 80s it seems for half, this half, year. The, half the year podcast wise <laughs> isn't it uh, especially uh, 80s Fleetwood Mac yeah. Um, partly due to Danielle's voice having that kind of a Christine McVie kind of uh-huh. uh, tinge to it. And I also felt a bit sometimes um, elements of uh, Anne Wilson from Heart as well. She had that kind of... Oh! That, that, that kind of... <laughs> not quite as booming and as yeah. a thing, but, but, yeah. but similar kind of uh, tone, yeah. at least. Um, um. So the album kicks off, I think, really well. So it kicks off with three out of the four singles. Uh, so Falling, Forever, which has hints of Stevie Nicks's Edge of Seventeen. And the wire, which basically has its drum beat lifted straight from the oh. Eagles' heart eight tonight. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. I was. Go- I was going to say that was planted more in the seventies than the eighties. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and then if I can change your mind and honey, honey, honey and I, which has a kind of fifties style reverb on the guitar, which I really like. Uh, before you get to the fourth single, uh, "Don't Save Me," which is a track I loved back in January mm. and mm. still still love now. And I'd say up until that point, it's pretty much a faultless faultless debut. Rest of it, a bit more different, um, although perhaps deserves a bit more praise in some ways because they're going to mix up the sound a bit more in the latter part of the album. So you have that Days Are Gone thing, which uh, has a chorus that oddly reminded me of Banana Rama. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, from there. 
Uh, then there's my song five, which is kind of almost kind of thing, just in Timberlakey type. That's thing. the modern one, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, then then you've got go slow, go slow and uh, running if you call my name, which both have kind of um, hints of kind of Kate Bush going on in the background as well. And yes, overall, overall, apart I think it's got hints of Prince, Cindy Lauper, Ashford and Simpson, all these kind of people. So it is, it is very kind of classic kind of 80s status stuff I think it benefits from having quite a light handed but clean and fussy production so I think the sound is not overly fussy um, and overall I think the songs are, are pretty good so I actually think uh, a I was about to say solid, but actually I think it's better. Than, uh-huh. But I actually think I think I think it's, I think it's better than solid. I think yes. I think uh, a impressive debut album. I've been trying trying so hard the last few podcasts not to say solid. And I think I'm succeeding. And apologies in advance if I suddenly say him rather than Heim. Um, I can't really disagree with with any of that much as I'd like to. Following the previous <laughs> album review, um, it, it's yeah, it's, it's <laughs> no no no. I didn't say it. Um, it no, it's it's very much as you say, rooted in the 80s, um, with the odd exception, but uh, done very much in a, in a fresh and modern way. I, mean, I can't really add much to, mm. to, to, to what you said. The, 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 the songwriting is, is, is incredible. The way they put a song together is brilliant. Practically every track on this album has a commercial Absolutely, feel to it. Yeah. There, are no, there, are no, there are no sort of duff tracks or, you know... Or, yeah, they're all potential singles. They're, they're, they're all potential singles, singles yeah. you know. Uh, it's such a strong album. You do wonder, wonder, worry where they might go next, you know. Um, 1993, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> and, but but it, it it sort of pulls it all together very nicely. It's a very listenable album. It will succeed. It will succeed. <laughs> it will su- It must succeed. Maybe not in the UK though. Hey. Well, apparently in the states, well, singles haven't done that great. Again, really? yeah, I don't think. But is that just a modern thing? I don't think they've done top thirty in the states either. But right. maybe That's a current thing. Maybe it's the album will come out, yeah. get some more bit behind it, and then maybe yeah. things will get re-released and maybe hit higher. Yeah, I, I think so. Or maybe there's the special edition six months down the line. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there will be out now. Yeah. Thinking that album that was out seven months ago. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so you know, but it's it is strong and it's much better than Hanson. Oh yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry for the comparison there. So we move on to uh, someone I uh, didn't really expect us to be reviewing <laughs> ever, frankly. Uh, but uh, other than David Bowie. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it's been a year of surprises. <laughs> It has. Uh, so we uh, come to the eleventh studio album and first com- completely original material in ten years uh, from Sting. Um, and as I said at the uh, kickoff, it, it is called The Ship, um, and written about uh, the Northeast and shipbuilding, mm. uh, and partly of his gr- growing up in his childhood living near Swanhunter Shipyard in Newcastle and demise of the shipping industry, and. So it's very much a kind of, uh, you know, a love song to the shipping industry in a, in a lot, lot, lot of ways. Apparently he's written a play and, as he said, it's not going to be musical, it's going to be a play with music as opposed to the other way around. Right. Uh, so some of these songs may eventually crop up in uh, a Broadway musical, right. but apparently he's working with other people to perhaps rewrite some stuff and ah, okay. so, so that's, it's not all that. Anyway, so essentially it's potentially a... Uh, Musical about shipbuilding. So, the last <laughs> ship bid. 
Um, this is um, this is a, a, one of the most quizzical albums we've had for quite some time, because on first listen, you really do wonder where the flipping heck this is going. <laughs> Yes, I think I think it's safe to say we we both have admitted to each other that mm. uh, that we did chuckle out loud mm. at the opening of this record. Absolutely, on first listen. But and this is a strong but, after two or three listens, it all makes sense and it's actually quite an enjoyable record. I would agree. Mm. Um, the um, the album the album begins very much in a in a folk filled sort of hue. Um, the last ship with the opening track and actually a, there's a, a version at the end as well so again a bookended album um, sort of sets sets the scene of, of the demise but then in between you have various stories relating to the ship workers themselves the second track in particular about the young man that, that actually abandons or wishes he could sort of yeah, ab- abandon dead, the trade dead men's and, boots and then sort of do do something his father didn't do yeah I really like that line I said dead, dead men's boots know they're way down the hill mm. they can walk there themselves and they probably will well, exactly um, and there's a father-son thing as well running throughout. Uh, the language of the birds focuses on the old man with his soul locked away, and 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 the ballad of the Great Eastern, of course, the, the infamous story of the of the, the corpses found inside the hole. Um, again, a father and son theme theme to that particular tune. Um, and there is just a sense of sadness, but a celebration that runs through the album too. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and there's a lovely ballad right at the end, penultimate track, so to speak. Yes. And I was actually more moved by that, that there's an earlier ballad, um, Practical Arrangement. Yeah, but I think it's Practical Arrangement and uh, I think there's another track that... Um, what can we do? This song's called Practical Arrangement and one of the other later tracks seem to be kind of vaguely connected. Um, yeah. I love her because she loves somebody else. Ah, seems, okay. Almost seems like it's a kind of... Like the practical arrangements let's, let's get together but it doesn't have to matter if you love me or not kind of yeah. thing and then that one it still doesn't quite matter but you, apparently you found yeah. somebody else okay yeah but I, I found I found so to speak very moving um, again you know the old man in the hospital the father perhaps um, sort of life coming you know towards its end yeah dying um, of cancer by the end yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. you know very very a very poetic and beautiful description of something quite grim um, and I, I found it, I found it very touching, very touching indeed. Um, so that kind of, kind of really pulled me back to, I'm like, why? Well, <laughs> and that wasn't my accent, by the way. Um, I was, because throughout, up until that point, I'd really been sort of trying to find a way into this album. Mm. And that was, the, that was the hook or the hook that, that got me. Um, I'm not going to talk about Jimmy Nail. Let's just put that to one side. But um, you can pick that up yeah. if you like. Um, yeah, that, this is a this is a this is actually a, if you like if you like a story, this is a good album. Yeah, it it is actually quite a good album. It's it's a, it's a surprisingly interesting record. As you, as you say, we both came to it and we both kind of we should have put the warning that actually there is genuine singing in Geordie on this album. So if that kind of stuff offends you, then you know, <laughs> look away now. Only if it's Jimmy Nail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's not just Jimmy Nail. It's uh, Brian Johnson from ACDC also crops up. Uh, <laughs> uh, Becky Unthank from the Unthanks. Um, She's lovely though. She yeah, had a lovely voice. And in fact, her sister's on one of the additional tracks on the extended version of the album ah, okay. as, as well, uh, which also features uh, Jimmy and uh, 
Brian also doing some more stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's definitely an album that's uh, you know it's it's very much Sting. It's um, it's full of plain folksy melodies that are kind of blended into kind of jigs and waltzes. Mm. Um, uh, on the waltzing side, probably done no better than something like the night the pugilist learned how to dance, which is uh, a lovely kind of a uh, tale of typical kind of thing of, of boxing, how boxing and dancing are similar because mm. the hip foot movements and stuff like that. But I think it's a uh, well, well done, and it's very much kind of a waltz kind of mm. tune, uh, which I really like. Um, as you, I mean, you already mentioned kind of practical arrangement, which I guess says a sweet song about a man offering himself to a widowed woman as a partner, which. I said the kind of theme kind of comes back with I love her but she loves someone else as you say so to speak as well as one the first couple of times I listened to the record it didn't really it kind of flowed past me almost and I almost back into the last ship reprise uh, it was really the last couple of days where it's kind of stood out more for me as a track um, obviously you haven't mentioned what have we got uh, I'll which, you which does feature Jimmy <laughs> Nail um it's quite, it's quite catchy. It's very catchy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I defy anyone to, li- to, li- to listen to that track more, a couple, a couple of times and not find a their foot tapping mm. and b find themselves wanting to sing along the wanting chorus. To sing along, yeah. Because it, it, that it, that is show tune. I hate all that though. So yeah, so do I. But it, but it is. Yeah. It is this this is the, the one the one song on the album you can I definitely can, I can imagine see the chorus seeing on stage. on stage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Singing this yeah. song exactly. And believe me, you'll find yourself singing along whether you want it or not. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think it's actually a surprisingly uh, interesting record. Um, uh, like I said, there is a deluxe version which has uh, I think five additional tracks on it. Uh, again, a couple of those are okay. A couple of them not so not so good. Um, one called the Shipyard, which is another one that you can imagine being on the. Sh- <laughs> on our thing because it actually features Jimmy Nail and Brian Dodson he's, uh, he's got him for the lead in this musical isn't he <laughs> apparently he got, he got him out of retirement because really? he, he had retired from officially retired from singing and doing anything and Sting kind of went I really want you to sing on this album and he goes okay, no I'm not doing play. it yeah and um, go on um, I was always quite a fan of his tunes yeah. that's I mock gently but I was always quite a fan of his tunes he was alright Jimmy <laughs> was fine. anyway hmm Moving back to Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. <laughs> we have the second well album from uh, Lizzie, uh, Back to Forever. Uh, it does seem very appropriate that we're reviewing this and, and Heim at the same time. Um, obviously, I think we, we actually reviewed her debut album um, a couple of years back. Uh, and that was more a kind of, almost kind of folky 70s version of Fleetwood Mac. Well, as it seems on this one, she's decided to go straight to the 80s because that's where everybody that's where is. It goes. <laughs> although, un- although unlike uh, Haim, mm. uh, obviously with Lizzie, she actually sounds more like Stevie Nicks. Yeah, Stevie Nicks. Um, and um, particularly on the, if you take tracks like Sleepwalking, The Habit, Further Away, Can't Take It Back, they're all kind of brimming with kind mm. of classic kind of 80s Stevie Nicks vocals and arrangements. Um, and it's it's again it's it's, a, it's actually a quite an enjoyable re- record. You know there, there are hints of other people el- elsewhere as well. If you're going to point to saying oh, it sounds like them or sounds like them, I mean Cold Fish is a bit kind of Alanis kind of style. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all want you is a bit kind of Lana Del Rey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, 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 that's. Um, 
but whilst there's lots of kind of kind of poppiness and 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 fun, I mean, I mean, Habit and Further Away, the opening tracks, prime examples of that. Like Further Away was reminding me of an ABBA song. I can't think what ABBA song it is. It's a bit in the bit in the kind of chorus. It just no. it's very kind of ABBA esque. It's been annoying me that I can't think what it is. So, any of our listeners are listening, which would be nice. Mm. If you know the answer to that, feel free to tweet us mm. at CTTV Music. Uh, Nice. Elsewhere, there's, there's a couple of, <laughs> couple of uh, I think lyrically at times it's very interesting. I, I really like Shameless, um, which seems very apt at the moment because it's a bit of a song about how women are treated in the music industry, mm. which with the whole kind of Miley Cyrus mm. stuff going on is quite interesting. Um, you know, with the line, I don't want to be famous if I have to be shameless. Uh, also, I really like the line, so so take a shot for free and Photoshop the bits of me that you don't want, uh, which I quite like. Um and also uh, Mountaintop Removal, which is a, yeah. it's a, it's a, a strange title for a song. Even stranger when you when you consider that it's actually a, actually gotten into the song as well. It's not one of those ones that's it's called Mountaintop Removal. doesn't actually say that in the song. She actually does say that in the she song. Does. And she goes up the mountaintop and it's been removed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is a thing, I suppose, to identify with this. Because this, this is about that, that kind of, uh, you know, your hometown that's been... Um, changed mm. by industry coming in and then industry going out mm. and being and the whole town being left kind of uh, uh, decimated. So, so the mountain tops, mountain top remove, removal, shame is our name. And also really uh, like the line, uh, nothing more grown now. That's not soil, it's just dirt, mm. which is quite quite good. And also one of the best puns of this podcast, where she goes, I got nothing but mountain debt and fear. <laughs> See, I thought the song was very much about America broadly. Well, just and America place, and its place in the world right now. I think that's a, a, yeah. a, a equally valid reading of the song. Yeah, I think it works on more, more than one level. Yeah, of course. So yeah, I, I you know, far, it's, it's ter- terrible that again. I, I'm sure we'll cover this when we get to the end, end, of, the, end of the year that we've, that we've mentioned it ourselves that we seem to be liking quite a lot of albums this year. This year. But again, I actually kind of quite enjoyed this record. I find, I'll be honest, I found this one harder to get into initially. Uh, repeated less, listens were required. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, but when, when you heard it, and I guess it was the, sort of the second or the third time it really clicked with me as an album. Um, yeah, some of the, some of the clever use of lyrics in, in talking about some of those things you've touched on, but also some of the more, more personal things as well. Uh, and again, like, like, previous pip, um, like Sting, that sort of creation of a world where you know there are very much identifiable characters. Yeah. Um, there is there is the bar fly and there's the guy at the bar that buys everyone a drink and this is a good time. Good time, Charlie. Where am I dragging that? <laughs> from? Um, but you know what I mean. That 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 guy. I do. Um, and also later on in the album, the whole the whole uh, the sort of the the the, um, the marriage of the relationship that's breaking down. I love the lyric in there, you know, why would you destroy, it gets something along the lines of why would you destroy this, this house for a girl that you hardly know? Yeah. You know, it's sort of bringing down the house for, for, for a cheap kick. Um, and, and it, it's sort of, sort of, I mean, very, very much a lot of empathy there for, I guess, for the, um, um, for the, for the audience in, in, in that, very much an identifiable character. And in that particular song, very country and western sort of style of storytelling, of lyric telling. Yes. As well. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and all, all no other standout tracks for me. Love in the city, very nice, sort of sweet, gentle, yeah, ballad. Um, a bit, bit sort of more acoustic. And I don't want to go to work. 
a real sort of rabble rousing, you know, I don't want to go to work, you don't pay me what I'm worth. He said, the lyrics are very memorable. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I very, very, very much enjoyed some of this album. But as I say, repeated listens were required just to get, just to sort of find my way. So, we stick, we stick with America. Yeah. And Americana. And the tenth studio album uh, from Pearl Jam. Uh, which I suppose that's all we need to say, really. It's the tenth studio album from Pearl Jam. Yeah, so, um, what can you say? It's the tenth album. Album. Well, it's been... Um, um, the album, of course, is Lining Bolt. Um, I, I was trying to think, top this out. It's been the best part of 15 years since I listened to a brand new Pearl Jam album. <laughs> So, it's not a lot changed. No. <laughs> um, no. Well, well, first couple of tracks, um, it was all sort of very happy in the middle of the road. And I thought, oh, that's what's changed. <laughs> you know, so I was kind of disappointed. But actually, the, the further the album goes on, they sort of find their feet again. And, and you know, you could be listening to a Pearl Jam album from 15 years ago in places it sort of goes back to that sort of territory there's not it's not unfamiliar ground and i'm not saying that's a bad thing i quite enjoy quite enjoyed that um but as with the as with the previous album the lizzie album again some interesting sort of songs um um and some sort of some sort of new stuff but like get away the opening track that's the one i, yeah. I sort of found you know, the, the, the popular one. But again, things like My Father's Son, um, Yellow Moon, uh, certainly Future Days, right at the end there. Very yeah, much Days classic Pearl Jam territory. Indeed. Yeah. Um, I, it's, in, it's interesting. There's, there's been... Uh, I start, start the end and go back almost here. Um, there's been, I've seen quite a few people online, um, certainly in my Twitter feed, uh, who... I've been hailing this as one of the band's best albums. Um, mm. um, sure. Uh, I don't necessarily agree, agree with that. And no. Would, <laughs> would, would, would politely recommend they re-listen to the back catalogue again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I say that because whilst this is a good record, um, partly what you were saying now, I think the band have done most of these songs on here before and better. Um, you know, I mean, Eddie Vedder and Coke and Wright got this stuff in their sleep almost. Mm. Um so, because of that, it risks of ending being a merely acceptable pill jam by numbers, comfort mm, zone kind mm. of record. However, sure, I think it right. I think it does manage to write to write to rise above, above above that simply because they are very good at what very good at what they're doing, and because the songs are generally speaking pretty good. I just I say get getaway is a really catchy tune. Um, great way to start start the album. Mind your manners is one of their typical kind of. Yeah, we're still occasionally a frustrated heavy metal band, punk band. So we do that. My father, so much you mentioned, uh, amused me greatly because uh, the kind of bass in that <laughs> it, it, sound, it sounded like uh, Pearl Jam doing uh, New Model Army. Yeah, which was very bizarre in its own kind of way. Yeah. Uh, Sirens, the uh, first barrel, I think, is a, a really great tune, really beautiful song. Uh, mm. And as you say, the, the rest, rest of the album. It's, it's, it's pretty solid. Uh, solid Hole has a bit, kind of remind me of a bit of REM, funnily enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, I liked the kind of bluesiness of uh, Let the Records Play, which was, uh, yeah. you know, a bit different. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, you know, I, I, I'm, a, 
I am a Pearl Jam fan, and for for many many years they were certainly one of my my favorite favorite ba- bands. And I think you know this is a a good album simply because I think they're the kind of band that don't make bad albums. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's not one of their greatest albums. Um, but it's it's still a good record because you know. I agree. I, I mean, sorry for agreeing. Uh, I agree. I, I actually ranked this album higher than the Lizzie album initially, but actually, I think I think I'm preferring the Lizzie album now. Mm. <laughs> it's just thin. <laughs> thin Lizzie. Nah, it's a silly pun. And so, <laughs> on to the third album in as many years from uh, Is it? Yeah. <laughs> really? Have we reviewed uh, the other two? Uh, we reviewed the last one. We didn't. Re- we didn't review the first one. No, we, we, fam- we famously didn't review the first one because that was the one uh, treats, which I really really liked. Yeah. And um, we reviewed the, the uh, second one yeah. uh, last last year that I was uh, slightly disappointed in. Yeah. Uh, and you actually quite liked. Did I? Oh. Um, <laughs> and we saw them live, of course, as well. Yes, we did see them live. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was on the back of the first album. Well, that yeah. was the back of the first. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So uh, this is like I said the third third album, and uh, they're certainly going with the if it ain't broken don't don't fix it approach. <laughs> no. uh, and that basic is is hard rock guitars of Derek Miller laid over kind of R and B disco hip hop beats <laughs> with kind of Alex Krauss singing, um, and that predominates the album as it has done the uh, previous two albums. Although there are as the album goes on moments mm. where. Uh, the, the acoustic guitar it appears or there's almost no guitar so yep. stuff like Young Legends and To Hell With You yeah. uh, where uh, Alexis Krauss's uh, kind of classic kind of sugar pop vocal style yeah. uh, really kind of shines through um, but I said on the start of the album you've basically got the kind of power chords kind of start so Bitter Rivals mm-hmm. it, you know, managed to quote Dickens at the start you know it was the best of times it was the worst of times <laughs> Can't, can't get, get better than that. A bit, a bit, a bit literary. A bit of Teller Two Cities like. Well done. Uh, uh, Google quote. Exactly. Yes. But then you got stuff that uh, that just makes me laugh, like uh, like min, Mini, which was you know, uh, I, I just love the kind of refrain that kind of Mini Mini, go count your pennies. I'm sorry to say you don't have many, <laughs> which I just like. Uh, and um, sing like a wire, which is pure eighties heaven with a power cop power chord chorus. Mm. Um, um, Bizarrely, there's a really bit weird bit where you get in the end album. Yes. You get, 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 get love, love sick, uh, which is the great lost unrecorded Spice Girls song. Yes. Yeah. Could you? I, I could seriously just picture the Spice Girls doing that song. It's just yeah. really, really weird. It also has, and for the final, it's the final line of the album, the best line of any of the albums in this podcast, which is, "I'm sending gummy bears to the electric chair." <laughs> For that alone, yeah. this album deserves kudos. It, 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 the, picking up on the point, it does get popular, I think, as the album goes on. It does, yes. Finishing with the near Spice Girls number. <laughs> um, I don't know, I can't remember, it's a track in a minute, I can't remember which one, I think it was You Don't Get To Get Me Twice, I think. Um, there's a, a, a riff which is very much um, St Etienne's version of Only Love Will Break Your Heart. Which was was sort of very cleverly played with. And it's the second podcast running we've actually had a sample of something that's been used, I think. And I don't think it was intentionally a sample, but it just really sort of reminded me of that. 
Um, so that, again, sort of marking the progression as the album sort of goes from thrashier to, to, to poppier. Poppier, yeah. Um, track two, I really enjoyed, Sugar Cane, but I'm convinced we've heard it before. And it's, and well, it quite, a lot possi- of so- quite a lot of songs do sound a bit like yeah, that. Yeah, I possibly, I don't know, it's very reflective of their sort of style from the previous album, or, or maybe I even premiered this song during the gig we went to about two years ago. <laughs> but as soon as I heard that, it was very familiar. But, and not in a bad way. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an enjoyable album. It, it, it I actually, I, don't, I mean, bless you for sort of remembering what I said last time. Um, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed it. There is no remember this because I was disappointed the last, the, yeah, the, the yeah. last one. That's when would, you, no would you say that you're more you're more approving of this album? Yes, I think uh, it's not, not going to do with the return to form thing. I don't think they oh, had, okay. had had any form essentially <laughs> to, to return to. But yeah, I, I think I think this album for me holds them together much better than the second album. They sound like a tighter act now, and I guess that comes with age. Um, you know, it, yeah, they've been annoying some people on on on. The, they appeared on the Jimmy Kimmel show, I think, and, really? they, had, and they had some horns and a, drum, a proper drummer and a second guitarist, and people were up in arms that it wasn't whoa. just it wasn't just <laughs> them on stage. It was like, yeah. whoa, progression. No, yeah. don't do that. Cool. No, it, it, no, it's um, it felt tighter. Um, but there you go. So I'm guessing uh, your album of the month is. Uh, Sack and Pip. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been an interesting month. Um, um, you know, and and you know, I keep getting this every podcast we do, apart from the fact we seem to be agreeing a lot more this month. Uh, there are other albums there. It's not just a case of a standout album and the rest are sort of meh. Um, I mean, the Heim album and... and hold me back the Sting album is actually very <laughs> enjoyable as well yeah but yeah it's, it's Pip and the Sack yeah I would probably go for I'd probably, I'd probably go for the Heim album actually um, but as you, as you, as you say it's uh, it would be a, the, the Sting album would be quite close behind yeah. unbelievably unbelievably even from when I started listening to it my, I've done a whole 180 degrees on that but there you go that's music Indeed. Right. That was. That was. Come taste the band. Until next time. Yep. You've been listening to the CTTV Music Podcast.